man, hurry you with your dumb intro. Man, can we hurry this up? <laughs> this intro takes forever, bro. All right, Here we go again. Thing. Social media, go ahead. Here we go. Um, those guys? <laughs> yeah. We've reserved some hard candy for both of them. We're back, baby. <laughs> What's up, Los Angeles? Hey, it's uh, your host, Casey Diaz of the Shock Collar Podcast. We're going to have some fun, but we're also going to touch on some real, real stuff. And this is why we got these two guys back, Sean and... What's even your name, bro? Man, bro, how dare you? Enrique. That's what it is. Are you from Canada? I'm not. <laughs> that was kind of random. Why would I be from Canada? Here we go, LA. A Canadian thing? All right, hold on. Let me start out by saying this. Yeah. I heard your little rant that you went on yesterday, and I was listening to it in my car, and I agreed with probably like, 72.6% of it, right? And then you start going off on this other stuff. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's why the the 18 other percent, we don't care about what you think. <laughs> I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying some stuff that, you know, I, I'll give you the benefit of that. You were, you know, you were ranting on, you were sharing your thoughts, and it was all good. I'm not going to, you know. You mean the episode that actually uh, kind of like uh, broke records here? Is that, Man, that the one that you're talking about? It's not going to break as oh, many no, I'm records. Oh, no, I'm just asking. It's not going to break as many records as this one. <laughs> I'm just I'll asking. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Sean? Man, what you been up to? Hot. Hot. Yeah, it has been, huh? It's been a hot one. It's been a hot one. been good, though. I've been good. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. Uh, any, because uh, uh, you went to Santa Barbara. Yeah, I went to Santa Barbara for the first time a couple of weeks ago and really enjoyed, and really enjoyed myself and... Um, my wife and I, you know, we were dreaming and, you know, if, you know, things change, that will be the place of our residence. But, you know, who knows? You know? That's, well, that's but, a good place. But, but, but at the same time, we want land. So by default, that probably kicks us out of Santa Barbara. You know? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> so, got to go to like Arizona or something. Yeah. <laughs> the way you, the way you to saw. North Carolina. <laughs> the way you saw Santa Barbara, I look at Burbank. So oh, that's, wow. not going, <laughs> that's not saying much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've got a long ways to go. Hey man, I thought I thought you guys were in Pentecostal churches, man. So you wow. know, uh, that's that's it's not a far reach. Well, it's it's reachable. Well, good. Yeah, but um, so I yeah, gotta go to gotta go to Joel Austin's church, then I can get yeah, kind of funds. You know what I'm saying? Nah, damn, too soon. We're already, good. we're good with that one. Already, already <laughs> running into problems. I'll, t- <laughs> All right. I'll, t- I'll turn Buddhist before I do that. <laughs> wow. uh, but yeah, uh, anyhow, <laughs> but uh. Here we are, and there's a lot of news to talk about, right? There's a lot of news. There's uh, the, well, one, we talked about it yesterday with the uh, episode that you said uh, I went on a rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but, you know, oh there's there's Gavin Newsom closing up. Uh, Your boy. California again. Nah, bro. <laughs> And I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not too fond of the Governor Gavin Newsom. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not too fond at all. But there's a lot of news, right? There's the shutting down of restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just churches. It's restaurants. It's schools. It's small business. I mean, it, it's it's all over the place. And then, you know, my thing is, like, with the churches in particular, um, you know, we're all church guys here. Uh, we're all, uh, you know, in a relationship with uh, the Lord. I was going to be good. Were you going to say for the most part? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, you know, 
And the reason why we brought a panel here is because um, it, it's it's seen three different views, you know. Um, and one of the things that we want to do here is I don't want you just to be enamored by you know my voice, but you know, but or my views. I think it's healthy to have dialogue about these current events, these current things, uh, these ways, whatever you want to call them. But it's good, and it's I think it's healthy to have different opinions. Or even different views of certain things that are happening uh, currently in our yeah, nation and, and that's in really, our state. And that's really why you know I reached out to you because I, I didn't I didn't disagree with what you were saying. I just wanted to bring a different perspective, uh, you know, of the things that you know some churches are dealing with. You know, I, I work with a lot of churches um, in in my freelance and my marketing stuff, and you know what they're experiencing on the on the back end, on the other side, and the administrative on the administrative side. On the business side, I mean, they're struggling in a different way, and it it's almost kind of, it's kind of unfair to just say, oh well, you know, all these churches just kind of are silent. You know, I don't think that it's that necessarily. Is that they're dealing with other stuff that maybe the public or or if you don't really have a uh, you know if you didn't really have a thriving church before or during COVID, it's kind of easy to just uh, dismiss it all as like, well, you know, all the churches kind of now are, are in that bandwagon. So. I just wanted to kind of bring that perspective, um, and uh, and you know I, I also don't necessarily subscribe to the you know the, the the slippery slope kind of mentality that a lot of people are kind of going through too. Um, you know that's I mean it's a logical fallacy as far as when you're debating uh, that to say well if you know if 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 this happens this way then you know what's going to happen next and therefore let's not do this. And that's really not a way to kind of engage and to, uh, you know, to present uh, arguments. I mean, if you want to go point by point, um, you know, we can debate each one. But to kind of lump them all together, I feel is is it's it's kind of unfair for every single one of these things to be responsible for the other things. At the same time, though, I do kind of track with what you're saying is that there's a trend. And when there's a trend. You know, usually the data, you know, if you're a data analyst and you see a trend, then you can make predictions based on that trend. But I think that's a little different than saying, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, mark of the beast for everything. Right. Like everybody always jumps to that conclusion where it's like, you know, the cell phone is the mark of the beast. And then a new technology comes out and it's like blockchain is the mark of the beast. And then G5 is the mark of the beast. Like everything is the mark of the beast. But the mark of the beast has been coming for a long time, you know, and it's not necessarily the answer to the outrage that we have today and yeah i, I agree to, to to some of those things um uh, I, i'm and i'm not one of those um you know if you're you personally know me i'm not in on the mark of the beast bandwagon <laughs> you know that everything is about to like boom and and, and uh you know, and, and cause fear or panic even in the house of, yeah. uh, and of I think faith when when i'm talking about these things I don't mean you in particular. Yeah. What I'm talking about is like what I see on social media. Yeah. What I see people saying, you know, like the the latest one was like this the worship thing, right? Where we couldn't worship and everybody was kind of going up in arms and ah, and why people can't worship, you know. I first thought I thought that's like, man, that's like next level. Like they're saying you can't worship. Like that's one step away from saying you can't preach the gospel, right? That yeah. you can you can think that way, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I was looking at all these people complaining and I'm like you know, a lot of these people that I saw online complaining about not being able to worship were the ones hanging outside at the coffee, on the, you know, during the worship at church. So it's like, really? Are you really concerned about worship? Hey, what church did you see that at? <laughs> I'm talking about in general. In general. 
okay? I'm not talking about my What's specific that? church. Yeah, I wasn't saying your church, though, but <laughs> I was talking about Sean's <laughs> church. Sean's church. Man, have you been to Sean's church? <laughs> no. I'm not pastoring right now. Uh, convenient. The convenient non-pastoring excuse. Love it. What do you think, John? Man, what, what are you, your your thoughts about some of these things? Well, you know, I, I think that it's multi-layered, and I think that we, I think that we have to start there, and I think that we we all have a responsibility to speak truth to power, but at the same time, I think that it's very much layered, and I think that you know, depending on your perspective and your viewpoint of COVID which is really the foundation of all that we're talking about, um, then that's going to lead you down a particular trail, whether you believe it, you don't believe it. But if you choose to believe it, which I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, then if you have believed that COVID exists in the form in which they say, then you could look at the response given by the federal, the state, and the local as being appropriate. Yeah. If you kind of just step back and say, man, we're in a global plan pandemic, man, our safety is number one. Then you have then what kind of goes from that is rights and freedom. Yeah. And then you have in that pot social dynamics. So dealing with schools, we, you know, how you fellowship, whether it's through religious services, you know, malls, beaches. We're all social social creatures. And so we have all these different dynamics in this one issue. Yeah. And you can't separate one from the other. The problem that we are having right now and what you alluded to yesterday is um, this, these orders that are being given at a state level, because it's not being given by a federal level. No, it's state level, yeah. At, at a state level that is basically... Um, at, um, for the sake of the whole, the greater the you know the greater good of you know the state to um, withhold certain freedoms. Some people wouldn't say it that way. I think that it would be a little bit naive not to say it that way. Um, but again, it depends upon what state that you're in. Um, Very true. Um, you know, uh, my bishop in um, Florida. You know, they have been able to have church. Meaning, then they they have been able to gather. When the initial thing lockdown went happened, they were able to do drive through, drive in church. Mm -hmm. So they did that all the way through till they were able to go back into the building about a month or so ago. And so they can't they have to do it at a certain capacity. They have to wear masks, all these things. But they have chose to move in that direction. So it depends upon what state that you're in. But the state that we're talking about, obviously, is California. Um, I think that that we. I think that the what is being perpetrated is on religious freedom as well as many other things, whether it's economic yeah. freedom, but it's being it's not just singling out the church. And I think that's the part that we have to remember <clears throat> that this is not Gavin Governor Newsom singling out the body of Christ. It's it's him singling out religious activity, whether you are a Christian, a Buddhist, a Muslim, or a practicing Jew or Hindu, you cannot gather in any of your forms. You can't sing, you can't chant. And it's very ironic that they he would put chanting because that could 
that crosses many religious dynamics. So I think that we have a responsibility to, I'll end it by saying I think we have a responsibility to speak truth to power, but I think that it's multi-layered and we have to be, uh, we have to know exactly what we're speaking to specifically in order to deal with that particular thing. Because even though he's making executive orders, they are hitting multi-layered situations and facets of our society. You know, one of the things that, one of the, one of the many things that irritate me about this governor is that it, it's, and, and I don't know, and I, again, I, I've been in different type, types of circles and you guys have been, you've been, you know, around you healthy mean, circles. You mean like gangs? <laughs> <laughs> I know about <laughs> gangs. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but but you know that like the smirk Man, that I just took all my street credit, bro. <laughs> the 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 smirk as he's as you know, our houses of worship. Yeah, but Gavin Newsom got elected for looking like a used car salesman. Like that's that's his thing. Like you can't be surprised now that he's a no, used no. car salesman. Like that guy is, you know. And I'm I mean, not. I'm, I'm not saying anything. You know, but he looks the part of like the evil guy in the movie, right? Yeah, so he, he, I mean, he, that's he, his thing. He can play a villain, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, he already is, but 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 the but the thing is, you know, the the smirk that 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 that's on his face as he's saying it's almost like he's enjoying shutting down the houses of worship, and I don't think that it, it's really on a, on a, just on on what you just said. I don't think it's on a, on a layer of just all of it because I noticed that nobody's saying nothing on, on um, you know, as far as uh, uh, mosques and uh, kingdom halls and Catholic churches. It's it, I'm not concerned about them. And there's spiritual reason why I'm not concerned about them. Um, but for the Christian church, for the body of Christ— I think if we kind of stay on the on the down low and and don't say anything, I think that'll that'll bite us in our behinds. Yeah, a and, little later. Yeah, again, and I I think that we have responsibility to speak truth yeah. to power. Um, what I'm saying is is that the 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 order does not single out directly. The church is, is, is my point. Yeah, yeah. It, it, because he it, does mention chant, right. chant which is something that we and, don't and, do. But housing of houses of worship. <laughs> Most you know, of us don't. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? But houses of worship, that that was the, that's the umbrella to yeah. cover every single. Everything, yeah. You know, look, here, here's what I think about that. When people say houses of worship. And then, look, every single, since the beginning of time, I remember people saying in church, the church is not the building, the church is the people, right? You hear that all the time. And that was that was our chant, basically, for a long time. Yeah. Now we can't so meet we at church. Chant. And then, <laughs> yeah, we do chant. Now, all of a sudden, the churches, you, we can't meet in the church. And now people are complaining because the church is, you know, like, it. You, we can't pick and choose when the church is the building and when it's the people. So, yeah. I, my, in my opinion, you know, I would say keep an ear out yeah. for you know for for development, but at this point, I think it's premature to say you know they're they're silencing us because literally what we're doing right now is is 
is more than probably what, what a lot of pastors do in churches is getting the message out and you know getting uh, coffee while the sh- coffee service while, is going while the service is going yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that's only sometimes it depends on who's preaching so wow. look here's <laughs> here's here's my thing i think it, consider this okay from from my uh world view as far as digital communications and marketing and that kind of stuff i would actually argue that this time is going to bring about the message of Christ even more than maybe the churches were doing. Consider the fact, well, not, not the fact, consider what if, instead of thinking of it as like, the, you know, they're trying to silence our churches and they're trying to shut us down and they're, you know, they don't want the word to be preached. What if God did this because he saw the churches weren't cutting it and he wanted to put a fire under us and say, hey, communicate in a different way because the church is not doing enough. So I just I ran some numbers during COVID. During COVID, Facebook engagements fifty percent, fifty three percent went up. I Instagram thirty two percent more. Twitter twenty three percent. Facebook stock went from one hundred thirty seven dollars to two hundred fifty dollars a share. So communication platforms are on the rise, which means more people are communicating. Right. So it's not enough to say, oh well, the, the government is shutting us down. Uh, my mine would say, hey, find a creative, different way. To get the word out, you got to change. You got to adapt. Let's just assume that we can't meet for, you know, for the next ten years. Would we? Would we just, you know, give up and and oh well? Well, let's do church from home then. Like no, I think, I think this is an opportunity for the church to find creative, different ways to, you know, to get the gospel out there because they're not silencing the message. They're silencing. They're silencing the mechanism. The, the gathering. Their mess of the they're, saints. They're they're well, that's. For for now, <laughs> where, where are we gathered? Yeah, we're okay. gathered. Are we saints? We're saints. Okay. Are we two? Yeah. Are we are we two or more? Yeah. Okay. So but, that checks that but, box. But what about the rest of us? Well, what about the rest of us? And you know, like they're listening to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> they got nothing better to do right now than to listen to I us. I think. Well, but yeah, but that's the that's the problem. That's the problem is that when this thing happened, everybody, a lot of people found themselves with nothing to do. And that is not a problem that COVID created. That's a problem that the churches created years before this even happened because they were not equipping the saints. They were not teaching people how to read their Bibles. They were not teaching people how to be self-sustaining uh, Christians, believers. believers that can thrive regardless of the of the circumstance. And then you made a joke on yesterday's thing when you're talking about, oh, what's I don't know if you probably weren't joking, but you were saying, oh, what's next? Underground churches. I mean that's exactly what's going on in China. In the, I mean, if if you see if you want to see a persecuted church, you look at China. Yeah. And in that, the message of Christ is being delivered and it's thriving underground, albeit underground. Yeah. I don't think that's what's happening here yet. Yeah, you said okay. it right there. Yet. Yeah. That's why I'm saying keep an eye, keep an keep yeah, an yeah. ear open. Yeah. Um, but I just think that I mean, we haven't been through this scenario before. Well, I, I think that's a part for. Of it that for me is where where my compassion comes full, you know, head for pastors is because most all of the pastors that are alive today have never experienced what we are experiencing. We've never had to pastor in this type of season, and so uh, my heart kind of goes out towards pastors because they're having to deal with what they're processing in their own hearts you know, with their own families, not even including yet 
right. the flock that they, they have had to deal with their families plus the families of others. Right. And and for the most part, I would say that United States pastors, for the most part, are probably eighty percent uh, administrators and twenty percent pastors. In that they're they're running the the church of the business and also doing the pastoring. So. You have to consider all those things when right, you know. and 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 that was going to lead when you let you know was leading right to the point that I was going to make, and I definitely understood what you were saying yesterday, Casey, but I don't think that this is a season about leading as much as it is about pastor shepherding, and and because sometimes you can lead and still be distant from the people that you're called to shepherd, and I think that as a pastor, if you are pastoring at a local level then you have a responsibility to be among the sheep. So the question becomes, how do I be among the sheep in this context? Because this context is not like any other context prior. You know, when, 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 and that's a great point, uh, being among the sheep. And, but I think that's also like what, what, what was lacking to begin with. Absolutely. With, you Absolutely. know, pastors that got so, you know, big and uh, so— and I'm not against big churches. I, I want to make that clear. Why are you against big uh, church? Everyone's against big churches until you're a big church. <laughs> no. And then all of a sudden, and you're cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not against the big church because I think that there's uh, good, healthy, big churches, as there is small and medium-sized churches. But I think that for the most part, it, you know, I've always looked at pastors that have to be ushered out to their, you know, to big fancy cars. And they have not been among the sheep. They've, you know, it's out there on the pulpit and, you know, make you feel good. I'm out. Let me get my security people to walk me out. That, if they weren't doing it then, how are they going to do it now? You know, can I say something? I have seen that before I moved here. I was seeing that in churches where members only 100 people. Wow. So, you know what I'm saying? So, in yeah. other words, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heart issue. Yeah, it's it's it is a show. Yeah, I would see that in a bunch of Hispanic churches growing up. I mean, you would see the guy who's carrying the pastor's Bible behind him, you know, and it's like, which is you don't need that, you know. No, but yeah, that's what you're saying. I mean, that's existed. You can't blame that on COVID. Uh, No, no, you know, and and I think that that's a church problem. Yeah, that's a church problem. It's a it's a systemic church problem. (laughs) It is. I I I think at the end of the day, no matter what your opinion is on COVID, I think that COVID has been a great mirror to mirror back to us what we really do believe. And, and look, I, I, I don't think that, that COVID is some made-up thing, right? I, I think that the, there's... Uh, I have a quote here that says, the pandemic is malarkey. <laughs> <laughs> which, was a great, a, which was a great choice of words, Biden. <laughs> I, I have changed my words to shamdemic. <laughs> shamdemic. <laughs> It went from malarkey to shamdemic. Sham, wow. I think that, you know, it, it's a real. <laughs> you guys are hilarious. Hey, that's what I, hey, you put stuff out there, bro. You're going to get you're gonna called get, out on it. You're going to get called out on it. You and your malarkey, bro. Oh, my malarkey. <laughs> I'm gonna See, ma- you don't even know. Shot collar malarkey. Shot collar malarkey. You got to have been in the 80s to know what malarkey is. But <laughs> I was born in the 80s. Yeah, that didn't count. <laughs> but, but, um, I think it's I think it's a real you know uh, illness. I don't want to take away. In fact, look, let me share this. And I got this text today, um, earlier today, and I thought 
Man, I look like Biden taking off my glasses now. Uh, <laughs> here's uh, and this is from somebody that we're very dear with. Um, he says, "Family and friends, I received the test results back today, and I've tested positive for COVID nineteen." <laughs> that was our co-host, Joe Needler. Hmm. That's from Joe, you know, texting me that you know he he got sick a couple of weeks ago. Like two weeks ago, he was sitting actually in your chair. Oh, like, man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, it's a good thing you keep this place clean. <laughs> yeah, there's no dust around. Yeah. I think I left this packet here last time hey, I was man, here. I haven't. I left the soda can here last time. And Look, I'm still, still waiting for for funds to come rolling in here. No, dude. So if you want to support this podcast, <laughs> oh, wow. yeah, feel yeah. free. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a real thing, dude. Like It is a real thing. I mean, I've seen my wife... Cry because her there's family members who have died, yeah, uh, you know, in 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 Mexico and in here that have been infected. People who have been really sick. I mean, it's not it's not nothing. You can't say yeah, that yeah. it's that it's nothing. I, I just think it's the ballooning of numbers. That's where I'm kind of suspicious. But that's a, and not just kind of. I, I think I'm very suspicious of the actual numbers that they're claiming. You know, yeah, to but have, the, but the same, the same could be true. Look, as somebody who works a lot with data, you can manipulate the data however you want the outcome to be. So, yes, I think there may be some manipulation of data going on to, to present a narrative for whatever reason, so that this looks bigger than it is. But at the same time, you can't go the other way and say, "Well, the death rate is so low, so who cares? Let's just whatever." No, because I mean, it's, those are lines. It's still, it's still a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's that's. You have to consider the weight that that plays on the role of a of a of a pastor, an administrator. Who, you know, it's a lot. It, there's a big difference between somebody being upset because you kept the church closed, and somebody being upset because you opened the church and my my father died. Like, which one is going to be more resentful towards the church? I mean, I, I would argue the second one. So I think the I think the majority of pastors are playing it safe, which you might disagree with, but I think I think. A lot of pastors or, or the church itself, we have to be in it for the long game. We we can't just kind of react to things. All the churches who opened last week, who were all gung ho and opened last week, they had to close again. And how does that look for the church? How does that how does that represent for you know all, all the the volunteers that had to do this that had to you know give up their time and all these things, like all the effort that went into reopening only to just close again? I just think that it's it's. You know, it we, we get we just gotta chill a little bit. We just gotta chill. I I saw a uh, a a thread on on uh, on social media, and that's a thread here in California, where over three thousand California churches have refused to close, despite the governor's request or you know whatever mandate, if you want to call that whatever, they're refusing to to close. And I think that's, and see, here's where it gets tricky, though, for me. It's that, you know, if you give somebody an inch, they're going to take a yard. It's just another version of slippery slope. They're, they're, but, you know, that's, that's <laughs> You're really. You're saying the same thing. <laughs> that's really the, the pattern. Yeah. You know, how, how did, um, you know, if we're, we're talking about when, when Hitler, you know, uh, trapped these, these, these Jewish people. It wasn't like, hey, guys, I'm building a building, putting ovens on it, come over. It, it, that's not how he did it. He did it very maliciously. He did it very it, with trickery. And here went 
thousands, millions of people right into ovens, right into their deaths. So do we wait until we actually see something like that and go, you know, we should have, we should have like. Look, I think that at some point, that at some point, is what you, I'm concerned at with. some point, I think you can, you can probably argue that. But I, I think, I think the timing now is not that. Like you're comparing Nazi Germany to us watching live streams at home. Like that's not even close to it, where we are. But my point is. Do we wait until we go? <laughs> well, okay. So here's, oh, here, this is here's, not social media now. Here's another conversation that man, oh, I'm out of oh. here. <laughs> hey, this is your podcast. Man, he left. He's mad. Okay, look. <laughs> I'm trying here. to let some cool air in here. Oh, right on. Wow, because there's a lot of hot air in here. <laughs> Coming from my right. <laughs> wow. wow you can't see what Dang, we're seeing but... Sean. Wow, wow. Who's Man. That for? you'll never know yeah you'll never know so here's another conversation i was having with, with a friend of mine and i thought you uh, liked enrique <laughs> look is it is it the is it the church or the is it the christian or the church's job or mission to prevent or to try to block you know End times prophecies. Like, it almost seems like we're always in a perpetual motion of trying to, like, stop that from happening. Where we know for a fact that that's going to happen no matter yeah. what we do or no matter what we try. So the Bible actually teaches personal responsibility for us to, you know, connect with God and for us to be responsible for what we're doing. Uh, you know, and and I mean, I I, I guess, yeah, if, 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 if we have the ability to to change certain things or speak up about certain things, then yeah, of course we should do that. Yeah. But how much of our lives should be dedicated towards that versus, you know, just being an example of Christ in for ourselves, for our families, for our churches, you know, I think the percentage is getting a little skewed um, because of this like, you know, wave of alarming social media, uh, you know, Situ, you know, uh, anger that's that's happening. You know what I mean. Yeah. I feel like we're losing perspective on what we're called to do. We're called to be minister to to the needs in our local context. And and you know what? There's. I think God calls people to have national platforms and to be able to have the influence in those areas. And you know, I can support that if I want to, and I can you know uh, you know speak that and share that, and and you know more power to them. But that's not me. You know, I'm called to be a minister to to what I have control over and what, you know, what court battle or what Supreme Court situation is happening in, in some other part of the country. Like, I mean, yeah, it's important and we should we should be aware of that. But how much of my life am I going to spend towards fighting against that, which, you know, God did not give me the, you know, the ability other than just to vote uh, to influence that? I think as believers, we have to kind of we have to put it into context and just re readjust our priorities. Let me ask Sean here, um, cause you don't let Sean talk. Um, <laughs> cause he agrees with everything I'm saying. <laughs> that is true, man. He is he's not the one sitting on his right. Um, <laughs> um, you know, as far as once you lose your, your rights, your freedoms, uh, how do you get that back? And I think that's a that's a serious question. So I, I I think I think there's 
two sides of something here when you, in that question, two answers to that question. I think there is the, the civil matter of being in a country called the United States and what the Constitution and other documents give us as rights as citizens. That's, that is a reality. But then there is the reality of the freedom of the heart and of the will that I choose, which is to bow my knee to the one king. And despite what anyone says, I will always worship and call him Lord and Caesar. I will not. Amen. So you have these two realities walking side by side because I'm in the world. I'm just not of it. Yeah. So I'm in a system, and I think that's the part that we have to remember. This is a system. Yeah. These are systems, and all of these systems have personal gains for those who control the systems. Yeah. But at the same time, I understand that I'm going to lift my voice. I will not be silent. I will worship my God. I will lift my hands. I will not allow a foreign entity to tell me how I will and will not worship my king, period. Yeah, and see, that's why that's why I raised that question, because, you know, for us, it's 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 a very important thing for for us to gather. And, and you know, as far as what Enrique said about, you know, we but we've been saying we are the church individually, which is true. But there also there there's that also that element that we're to come together in a as a body of believers, not forsaking it, as in the manner of some. And so there is that, you know, and we can't skip through that and say, well, yeah, you know, I I I, I would say that the church has the living body of Christ has a responsibility to gather to worship to partake of the Lord's table, to baptize, to fellowship with one another. We have that ordinance given by God himself. Now, yeah. how we do that in certain seasons and circum- in, in certain circumstances is where the rubber is meeting the road yeah. right now as we are talking. Yeah, because yeah, I think we don't see what a lot of churches are doing because it's they can't gather. But it's like, I mean, I'll tell you, for example— I'm I'm doing a Bible study on Zoom on Fridays. You know, we have p- people consistently come in. You know, I'm trying to teach them how to read the Bible, like literally word for word, like this is how you do it, so that they can be equipped with that. You know, last uh, Saturday, we baptized three people in my pool in my backyard. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, we're we're doing stuff. It's not like we're just, you know, not trying. It's that we're, we're doing the best we can with what we, with what, with the circumstances that we have. And I, 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 I can subscribe to the idea that, you know, this is an attack on the church. Um, but I, I just feel like logically that we're going to get through this somehow, just like all of these other businesses and all these other people who are shut down. They're, we're going to, you know, some people might lose their, their business and, and some pastors might lose their churches. But I think that, you know, uh, maybe a year, two years from now, we're going to look back and be like, man, that was crazy. But let's go to church. You know, like it, it was it, it it will pass, you know, and yeah. and just to, to add, I was going to add this, like a I kidney was, stone. <laughs> this 
this uh, uh, tomorrow, uh, I was I was preparing a study on on Philippians. So I, I'm I'm going to go through the book of Philippians and kind of point out all the things. And I mean, this is coming from Paul when he was in, he was in jail. And he, and he wrote, I want you to know, brothers, that what is happening to me is really served to advance the gospel. So what he's saying is, is the fact that he's in jail actually makes the gospel more known because, because of that uh, uh, oppression or that persecution. So uh, even in this time, I feel like the fact that everybody's make, going up in arms about the persecution of the church, I actually think that even that's beneficial to the advancement of the church, like we have some, we had somebody that got baptized this last Saturday. She she's never been to our church, never. She she saw, she started joining the, the online. She started watching. She got connected. She did the website. She got on the Bible study. Like she did everything a hundred percent digital, and and that led to a physical, uh, you know, de- decision to be physically baptized. And as soon as that our church opens up, guess what? She's going to be first in line. So it's it's not enough to say that the church is silent or that we're not doing anything. It's it's the people who are who are in that boat are not seeing this as a long term strategy for how to share the gospel, even in difficult times. And I think, too, I think it's very important for anyone who um, may feel a little unsettled in this season to really do a deep search a deep study on church history because we've been here before. The church has been here before. We've been it's this been worse, way. and it's been worse, but we've been here before, and so and we have found we have found ways to navigate through those seasons, and sometimes it has been at the cost of lives and certain religious um, rights being, um, you know, taken away. But we've been here, and we have come through. And right now, if you look at, just for context sake, if you look at what the church is experiencing in Iraq right now, specifically, and Iran, they would have a very different perspective on what's going on in America. Because they would see that, oh, you can gather, even if it is just, you know, 25% of your you know, population of your church or you can gather online or you guys are lucky or, or, or you can, you know, sneak and meet in, meet in the park and act like y'all doing something else. Like, like other words, you have ways yeah. to do it. And, and, and if you're baptized, you're not being martyred. Like this is literally happening has been happening for the last number of years. So it's all about perspective and it's all about um, context. But again, when we're talking about America and the rights that, the constitution affords us. I think that's where the difference lie with a lot of other countries and that we've had the ability to kind of stand on the constitution as a, as a countermeasure to say, we have the right to worship, no matter who you worship, we have the right to worship. And and that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about is, you know, do they would they have a different perspective? Of course they would, you know. But we don't want to get to that point. We don't want to go right. reverse. We don't want to, you know, just allow. You know, uh, I was talking to another uh, believer, uh, a brother, uh, earlier this morning. <laughs> He's funny. He's a good guy, um, uh, Todd, and um, you know his church is is a very big, influential church here in California. I mean, huge. His pastor is very well known. Um, 
And the first thing that he said is, uh, how's your church? And I said, we're doing great, man. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing great, dude. Like we're having Bible studies. Uh, we're, we're rolling. Um, and, uh, I'm just not going to sit back and, and, and allow a, a governor who does not know the Lord. It's very, very obvious to dictate, uh, whether my church meets or not. Um, and he started laughing. He goes, that's exactly what my pastor said, you know, and, and, and I'm talking about, this is a church in the thousands, in the thousands. Right. And I said, so all you guys mask up and six feet uh, apart? He says, like, he says, no, we're not doing it. There was about maybe I can actually count how many people were actually wearing masks. And I said, what did your pastor say? And this is now his pastor is like a theologian of theologians. This dude's like somebody very big. And he said, we obviously we. When laws are in place that are ethical, that don't cross boundaries with the scriptures, we will follow those. And and that's where I'm at. You know, if if it's if it's, you know, don't do this or don't do that, and, and it's not touching on the freedoms of religion, not touching on the freedoms of our faith, of our Christian faith, I'm all good with that. But when this starts to happen. This is where I, I think it, 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 if we just fold our, our, our hands and we don't say anything, then what's the next thing? And that's what's very concerning. And it's not to, you know, play on the fears of anything or some, you know, um, uh, there, there's a lot of, um, you know, uh, uh, what, are they, what are they called? Um, uh, not theories, but um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Conspiracy. Conspiracy. There you, there you go. You know, it's, it's not about that. Um, look, we know that Christ is going to come at some point. And we don't know if it's going to be right around now. So I'm not even there. Like, I'm not in the crowd that says, man, he's coming yeah, back like yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. If anybody ever tells you that, like, point it out and call him out on that because not even for a long time. Exactly. And Jesus himself doesn't know. So if he doesn't know, you don't know. And I don't care how many prophetic uh uh words of utterance you've heard you're a, a prophet liar that that's that's malarkey it's malarkey <laughs> exactly because if jesus the son of god doesn't know none of us know so it could be the next 500 years in the next thousand years we do not know however we also want to make sure that those rights that we have as you know uh, americans uh, those rights we need to protect because we don't want to be or end up in in a situation like Venezuela, like Cuba, like North Korea, like Iran, in such and such and yeah. such. I think I agree with you. I just don't think we're there yet is, is what I'm saying. You know, when it comes to Gavin Newsom, to be honest, I feel like people give him too much credit. Like, you know, if 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 you think that Gavin Newsom can silence God, you know, the, the gospel, then you don't believe in the same God that I do. Because, I, you know, the God I know, Gavin Newsom is no threat. And, and 
Uh, you know, I was, it was it reminded me of this in, in Ecclesiastes uh, five uh, three. It says, "If you see a providence in oppression of the poor and in vi uh, violation of justice and righteousness, do not be amazed at the matter, for the high official is watched by a higher, and there are yet higher over ones over them." It's almost like if if we're surprised that people in power are being is that uh, even a King James bro. What is that? It's an ESV. The watered dude. down. It's, what? It's ESV, man. Oh, well, okay, 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 okay. I'll bro, give you that. I'll I'm give you that. that. I'm on that side of the story. All right, bro. <laughs> Just making sure you're bring, not coming over here with some. Uh, I was going to bring in know, the message. New but. world uh, <laughs> translation over here. <laughs> Next thing I know, you're knocking world, on my door. <laughs> the new world order translation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Next thing I know, he's knocking on my door on Saturday morning. Yeah. It's funny. I usually I usually don't read this Bible. I read the shot collar book available. This well, yeah, what I'm saying in. is this, look, let's not be surprised that non-believers in power want to shut down believers. Like, yeah, and I'm I mean, not surprised about that. Of course, that happens yeah. all the time. It's so, nothing new. So what is your concern? If you could drill it down into a statement, what is your concern right now? Joe Biden. With, what's happening, <laughs> what's happening like, in California, <laughs> specifically? I'm concerned about his alphabet. <laughs> Somebody needs to give him a soup, alphabet soups. Remember those? So he can start doing sentences right. But, um, no, <laughs> give me that, that, that question again. Because uh, <laughs> it was too concentrated. I mean, yeah, yeah, I need to focus here. <laughs> so, so what specifically are, what are your concerns? What is your main concern right now to what is happening with Governor Newsom and what he is trying, what he's doing? What is your main concern? Well, the, there's there's several, you know, um, and, and the reason I, I stand where I stand is because one. Um, I was a, uh, a small business owner for 23 years. Yes. I know what that feels like. Yeah. I know exactly what that feels like. So when this guy or any politician for, for that matter uh, wants to shut it down and then, but goes back to their, you know, very lu luxurious living, you know, Gavin Newsom is not in a 1200 square foot house apartment. He's not in a, you know, in a studio by himself he's in luxury. So it's easy for him to say, shut it all down. And then him, you know, drive or fly to his vineyard and hang out. While the small business owner, look, the, the first the first shutdown put a lot of business, business owners out of, that, that was it, They're, they were done. Usually small businesses, if they have not saved, Within 90 days, they have a, a substance of existence for the next 90 days. That's three months. And if and that's if they've been good stewards of their, their finances. Other than that, they really can't afford that. So the first shutdown put a lot of businesses. I mean, it's not like a, like a secret here. We could walk off this street and we're going to see four lease, four lease, four lease all over the place. What happened there? Well, what happened was the shutdown. And now those that barely survived, in, and I'm going to call those the better stewards, for you know, and I don't want to put down the, the rest of them because they are where they are. But then there was these guys that barely made it. They're not going to survive the next, this next shutdown. There is absolutely no way. And you're going to see people abandoning their businesses because they can't go they can't afford it and then what well what follows after that they lose 
their home. They lose cars. Cars. They lose health insurance. Health insurance. So the list is is a long list of how much I lost here, and so, that's so, my that's a that's a second concern for me. So is it the way that he is choosing to govern? Yes, I, I think that. And here's the thing: when when these govern when these politicians um, shut down and and they just you know well let's shut, shut it down and uh, on the vice of you know health safety. Well, we went through riots and looting. Not one governor said, "Hey, um, all of you are getting fines here." Well, they couldn't do that. I mean, that that but, but right, we right. What I'm saying is that that would have been a greater a greater harm. I get that. I mean, that would have okay. been like bad for them. Yeah, <laughs> that was a political move. Yeah, but Everything's then political. But yeah. but then 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 you had the LGBT pride parades after the riots. You didn't, it had, to, you didn't have to go to those, by the way. It it, it already had to. It already had <laughs> calmed down. It had already got you know kind of. Kind of just went a little bit. Hold on, Casey. Texts I want to call it normal, but Casey texts me and he's like, hey, "I'm gonna go check this out." This guy. <laughs> so you know, it, it already had settled down. I didn't hear one politician saying to them, and see the same thing, the same recourse. Dude, but that's I mean, but that's the same politics. recourse. Why does that surprise you? That's it politics. doesn't surprise me though. That's not what I'm saying. Though what I'm saying is, they if they would have said you can't, the same recourse of the riots that happened would have happened with these guys. But they were allowed to do that. So now... So what you're saying well, we should riot? The church should riot? <laughs> no, what I'm saying is, <laughs> so now... I'm down, um, I'm down to riot for the church. Like, what? Like, so that that's cool, but the gathering of churches is not, and we're going to find every... And then he goes on the, the following day and says, oh yeah, and by the way, home churches are also shut down. So this is like, this is not talking about, this is no longer having to do with Buddhist temples. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. This is no longer having to do with, you know, uh, 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 moss inside somebody's home. Which they do happen, but I'm with you. I but you know what I'm saying. Yes, I haven't It's a Christian thing. It's a Christian thing. You know, it's in the book of Acts. You know, they went from house to house. It's always been a Christian thing. Bible studies in homes, that is a Christian thing, flat out. So, so you, you, we can't, that was cool, them throwing a big old parade. By the way, there was no, like if this was like COVID was like, a, like no, we, the safety of, uh, of others are at hand. There was no six foot distancing in any of these rallies. There was no, there was hardly any, like it was splattered on who was and was not wearing a mask. So let me, hold on, let me try to sum up what you're saying. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask him to... Man, I'm out of here. <laughs> Again? Oh, Look, are you saying that you are under the belief that the leadership in California is intentionally shutting down churches for the... <laughs> Dude, get back over here. I was making a good point. That's what happens when you have a weak bladder. <laughs> did you go to? Did you use the restroom for real? That means we've been going too long, dude. You okay? Thank God for edit. No, I, I, this I, ain't I, gonna be edited. This is going oh, straight. This, this is, is going straight. No, this is live. 
I, I lowered the AC. Oh, is that what you call it? Now? You get, you know. <laughs> I lowered the AC. I lowered the AC. Okay, let me let me recap my point. Did you did you just did stop you, talking? Just, yeah, I stopped talking. Well, I mean, we were just waiting for you, man, brother. Go ahead. No, no, we didn't stop. We just interrupted. Anyways, yeah. So what you're saying is that Gavin Newsom specifically, or the California government leadership, is intentionally trying to silence the Christian church in using COVID as a cover. Well, when 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 he comes in the next day and says, "By the way, home Bible studies," he said, "Bible studies." Home churches. That's that's to me that's intentional. I mean, how how, how I mean, else it, do you describe that? I mean, it's not like there's a lot of home yoga classes going on or or home anything else. Like that's <laughs> one. Of the, I, I'm 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 assuming that he specifically mentioned that because because he's aware of the of the of the politics and the the I guess the 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 need for for those types of meetings. That are going on in, in, I guess you would say, in, in defiance of the order. So yeah. I, I, maybe that's why he specifically mentioned that. But I mean, now if he would have, I, I would have thought differently if he would have said, you know, uh, any uh, study of the Quran, any study of you know, uh, of the New World Translation having to do with the Jehovah's Witnesses. If he would have been particular or 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 said it in a row, you know, you know what I'm saying, like. Enlisted, you know, enlisted yeah, all of them. Yes, I, then it would have been different. I would have, I would have said, like when, like what we spoke of earlier, when he said, you know, how chanting. They, yeah, how right. Worship, yeah. Okay, well, that's okay. I could, I could, I could see that. But when you say Bible studies at home, I have a problem with that. I absolutely have a problem with. It. I don't think that's but would unintentional. It stop you, but would it stop you from having Bible study in your home? Absolutely not. So again, so we're talking about, we're talking about. Two things that's running side by side. It's yeah. the civil, the civil discourse that's happening in the realm of politics, yeah. and I'm, and our our own choice yeah. to do what we feel is correct and is right. Correct yeah, those right things are not us. they're not enforceable, anyways. You yeah. Know? Well, but but here's the thing: is like I think when you say it like that, right? Then you're going to have the Karens, right, and the Dugs. Yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, there, there was footage wait, of. Wait, hold on! <laughs> I just messed somebody's name is, up. Is Doug? Is Doug the Karen equivalent? Is that? Is it's that officially it is now. <laughs> I called the shot. I on didn't that know one. there was a, a male equivalent <laughs> to a Karen. Yeah. But you know, there was um, there was uh, uh, in one of the states, um, in one of the uh, particular cities. I should have had this on there so I could, uh, you know, cross reference it. But in the news, there was on the screen. And it said, if you notice anyone gathering in yeah. your city, here's the hotline to call. You know, you know what I'm saying? So you're, yeah. you're so, translating so, that to say, so, if I see somebody having a Bible study, I'm going to call the cops. But that's what it leads to. Okay. So I'll, I'll say it this way. I think that what we are, what we have embarked on, yeah. this, this thing that we have entered in, I don't think it's going away, meaning that this new system, this new norm, whatever you want to call it, yeah, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. So what is that going to look like? I have no idea, but yeah. I am saying that we're not going back to what normal used to be, whatever you think normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- I think, look, the church, I, I mentioned. Okay, go for it. So, so therefore, therefore, 
the body of Christ as the living organism of the of Jesus, not just necessarily just the, the just name only, but the people who have been called out and they are responding to the call. They have a responsibility. And I think that's where we have to recognize we have a responsibility yeah. and we have um, a, and there is no right or wrong on trying to figure out how to navigate in this new world with people who haven't left their homes in four months who are part of congregations, but they're so fearful because whether it's their fault or not, they have bought into the lie because they don't know how to see the world apart yeah. from the TV they watch. Yeah. Even in their, they can read the scripture, but still can't see the world apart from the news feed that they watch. Yeah. And so I don't think that the church is any, I don't think the body of Christ is any more of a different place than what it was pre COVID. I think that what it, I think what it is is that now the body of Christ is realizing that some of the, the, the legs that it stood on is not as strong as they thought it was because mm. they've kind of been knocked out. So now they yeah. really got to think about how, to navigate for it and I'll be I'll give a little self uh, disclosure over these last four months of everything that I've had to walk through in my own personal journey with everything family you know here not being able to find work always work like all the th- all the different dynamics my yeah. wife kept you know her job kept putting her off you know, she got a job at UCLA. They kept pushing her off because of COVID three times. So there's and much more, but all these different dynamics going on in my in my world, not in, including then what's happening within the black community, then the spiritual community, like all these things. I come to realize a week or two ago that man, Sean, you're not as far along in certain areas of your trust with the father as you thought you were. Now that's me. Yeah. Someone who I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty knowledgeable. I I know church history. I mean, you know, I, there's, I have a brain. You're not a baby in Christ. I'm not a baby in Christ. And yet I found myself saying to the father, Oh, wretched man that I am. Yeah. Because in all of this, I was able to see how far I really am not. And so if I'm having that journey, how many more pastors are having this journey and still having to navigate a... Well, while also appearing to be not affected by any of this. I mean, if you have a congregation, they're looking at you like, you know, you can't be the one freaking out because, you know... But the problem is, is that we don't feel there is not enough equity as it should be that a, that a shepherd can say, hey, guys, this is just where I'm at. And if I'm here, then you're probably here. And guess what? It's really OK. And we're going to get through this together because right now we're all clinging to the cross. And it's only by the grace of 
of God that we're going to see through this next season. Because I, I posted something today. And, 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 and when I, you say that, are you saying that from pastor to pastor? Because it, it, I would say that from pastor to pastor, I could see that. From pastor to to no, I, I I said exactly what I meant, Casey. It meaning that that sometimes as a as a shepherd or some the the gift the gift of the shepherd the gift of the apostle the calling, the, the calling there are moments where you have to be one hundred percent vulnerable. There was not one single vulnerable moment in the ministry of Christ that the disciples or one of either three or more did not witness. I, and, and, I, I see it. I, I see what you're saying. You what I'm saying? What I'm saying is it's not that you tell them the deep. Yeah. You, things, you can't. Yeah. But what you say, but what you can say is this is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's a human condition. Yeah. Because if I'm going through it, there is probably a high possibility that eh, 70% of someone in a congregation is going through it. But if I don't acknowledge to some level that and be willing to say, and it's okay because he's calling us into the future. He's called, he's, he's, he's the forerunner. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's, and we're following him and, and he's our anchor of our soul. What that does, it, 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 it brings everybody because guess what? There's only but one leader in the body of Christ. There, the, the, there is only one pastor. There is only one apostle. There's only one prophet. There's only one teacher. There's, Everyone else are under shepherds. They, you know, and so I'm saying that it's when you look at Paul's writings, Paul is very transparent. He said himself, I'm a wretched man that I am. Yeah. And, 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 and he's not being spiritual. He's being real. He's, yeah. he's, he's saying, so that's what I'm saying is that, that it's in this season that the people of God need to know that they're not crazy because the pastor gets up every single Sunday or Tuesday night or Wednesday night and talk as if they ain't going through nothing. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree on that. Yeah, so what I was going to say is is in, in, in relation to this entire kind of topic, I think that, you know, I'm going to keep saying it until until we see some, you know, or, or, or we see this movement or this innovation kind of come through is that I think, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk recently about, you know, what, what the schools are doing and if they're going to reopen and all that kind of stuff, which we didn't even touch on. But um, I, I've made this analogy where the, the school districts are trying to, they're making the same mistakes that I think the, ch- the church is, is making in that they're trying their best to, to, to hold on to what they had. They're trying to get back to what they had. And I think that the sooner that we realize that things have changed, you know, possibly for forever, that the church needs to adapt and needs to change and needs to change the strategy. And whether that means we get rid of buildings, then we get rid of buildings. But there has to be some sort of movement or innovation towards change uh, that the church needs to look forward to once this happens. And it's because it's not even about 
COVID, um, I think that the church is going to play a crucial role in the fallout post-COVID. We're going to be having people that have, you know, uh, mental stress, kids that anxiety, have that have anxiety, depression, uh, depression suicide. suicide, all these different things that is going to be the fallout. Even, okay, everybody has the vaccine. Yay, yay. It's not going to be just be all rainbows and butterflies. We're going to be dealing with the fallout of this, and the church needs to be equipped and ready to handle that as it comes in the future. Yeah, and I think we've, we've had a, a good, um, healthy discussion about these things. I think we um, all have great um viewpoints um you know and some greater than and, others <laughs> and, and they're valid uh you know some greater than others um but you know uh i wanted to address the, the uh, with sean and i totally agree with you know the the being vulnerable um as shepherds, you know, it's good it, when it, it brings out that King James it, it, <laughs> in, 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 in certain places. I, I, I totally believe that, <clears throat> you know, I, I've even said this um, and you've been uh, um, in in moments where I preached and you were actually there. And, and I don't know if you heard me say this, but, you know, when we're talking about like Christian marriages. Right. And that pastor gets up there and says, you know, well, you know, uh, and, and portrays this picture of this you know wonderland yeah. that that he's living with his wife and really in my household i'm sure that in your households it doesn't ring like that uh it, you know uh, especially married my, to a puerto rican there you my go wife is perfect bro i don't know what you're talking about. yeah okay he just doesn't want to get hit again uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know uh, so being vulnerable i'm all for that i think that that's that's healthy i think that's that helps the congregation your your church um understand that you you know and of course and the reason why i said uh are you talking about from pastor to pastor because the other thing too is i think we can't get too comfortable where we spill the beans to just anyone because we just know that that doesn't work either but let me push back on that what are we afraid of well i think that when you when i think that people are going to be people mm-hmm you know, uh, um, and you might have the the good heart to share some weaknesses, but not everybody is at that level sure, of maturity. Where if you tell me something, they can. Re- you can, yeah, I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? I understand. If you tell me something, it, it, you know, and we're both adults, we're believers, we're seasoned. I think some some subject matter is only for seasoned friends of ours, brothers in the Lord, sisters in the Lord. And some subject matter, you just don't, you just don't go. You, you just don't do that because people are going to be people. It's not because you don't want to seem like, you know, well, I'm weak at this moment because as a leader, you also have to show strength and leadership. You're leading. So I think the, the, that's where, I'm, you know, th- there has to be an understanding of when are we vulnerable? When are we Strong, and, and I guess for me, I guess for me, it's well. I think vulnerable <clears throat> may be for me might have been a wrong word. I would say transparent. Yeah, and and the reason why I make that difference is because there, there's there is not too much of the dark places of my heart that's been redeemed or is being redeemed that I'm not. I don't feel constrained that I can't talk about it. Yeah. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so that's what I mean. It's, it's because for me, and I I think we're saying the same, I think in the day we're saying the same thing. I I think that, you know, yeah, I I think we're saying the same thing, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah, No. And, and um, I think we are as well. Um, So I think there's uh, platforms for each individual subsection of where we share this and where we share this and where we show strength. Uh, I think that's very healthy uh, as pastors, um, you know. Um, uh, but I think that, that there's an awakening that's happening. I um, I think that there's something uh, uh, good about some of the stuff that has happened. Um, I think that it has brung to light many things that were hidden, that were in darkness. Um, and what I'm saying about that is, you know, where, uh, and maybe I'll leave it for another section, maybe another episode. You know, um, I think that we've had so much candy in the church. Yeah. I really do. I I really, I am certain that there has been so much candy. We are uh, spiritually um, on a sugar run um, from the pulpits. And this is where it has, it's led us to, to a weakening uh, of, of walking in, in strength and not in fear. When we look at First Timothy, and it's, it's such an elementary verse, right? First Timothy one, uh, I'm sorry, Second Timothy one seven. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Where do we? I mean, that's a scripture that's quoted throughout the church globally. When does that go to play? Well, it goes to play in every single situation in our lives as believers. And I think that that's where we need to, uh, you know, um, think about this thing, meditate on it. If you're out there, uh, I wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is a, a, a panel of, of friends of mine that I think that uh, everyone that's listening is uh, enjoying it. So we're going to have these guys over again. And, you know, we're going to continue some 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 discussions on uh, on current events. I hope that you're enjoying it. And uh, till the next one, hey, stop being scared. <laughs> <laughs>